0: Welcome to TCC Alive, a podcast of Toleric Community Church. And after this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. And at once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and carnelian, a rainbow resembling an emerald was around the throne. And surrounding the throne were 24 elders sitting on 24 thrones. And they were dressed in white and they had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne came flashes of lightning, rumbles and peals of thunder. And before the throne, seven lamps were blazing. And these are the seven spirits of God. And also before the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. And in the center, uh, around the throne, were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and in back. And the first living creature was like a lion, and the second living creature was like an ox. The third had a face like a man, and the fourth was like a flying eagle. And each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around and even under their wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures gave glory, honor, and thanks to Him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever. The 24 elders fell down before Him who sits on the throne and worshiped Him who lives forever and ever. And they laid their crowns before the throne and they said, You are worthy, our God and King, to receive glory and honor and power. For You created all things. And by You they were created and have their being. This is what Jesus left. I don't think we often think about that. This heaven, this perfection that he left. And love propelled him. I think it's interesting that um, He leaves heaven in all its perfection, and all its beauty, being propelled by love to come to earth, and then he, He's placed in a manger. And we look at our Christmas cards and we see, you know, this beautiful wood with straw, and we think, oh, wouldn't that be comfortable? Oh, wouldn't that be nice? But in reality, it was a straw stone. It was made out of stone. They didn't have much wood in the Middle East. There, and it would have been maybe cushioned with hay. But it was hard, and it was cold, and it was dirty, and it was dark. He left heaven, coming to earth, to be with you and me, because he loves you. Our God came in the barn. I don't think it's an accident either that he's placed in an instrument that fed and watered animals. He is the food for all creation, so to speak, the rescuer and reconciler that, in a sense, kind of feeds creation, making it whole and restored. It feeds us too, and this is why we do communion, right? The symbol of his body that we take in and it nourishes us, his very presence. So so what are the theological ramifications of Jesus born in a barn? Is the incarnation that God took on flesh much more gritty and earthy than we realize. Some of you have dairies, some of you have other types of farms. Most of you, if not all of you have been on a farm. Can you imagine the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords being near like where the cows are eating? being placed right there what are the theological ramifications of that what is it really saying you know i love a good manger scene on a christmas card but it's missing the grime and the filth that jesus willingly stepped into from heaven for you are we okay with the dirty jesus are we good with god entering a less than serene landscape Imagine the joy of those who lived in this setting all the time. The shepherds and those who tended sheep. But that the, 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 their Savior was, was born to them and their environment. A place that they knew very well. But imagine, imagine this also. The disgust of those who didn't, didn't and who couldn't imagine or who wouldn't imagine that the Messiah was stooping so low. How often did Jesus in His ministry on earth be ridiculed. And they say, who is this Who's born in Nazareth? Who is this that's just the son of Joseph and Mary? That He would talk to us this way. That He would have this type of authority. Who is this? He can't be the Messiah. The Messiah is going to be someone that's going to be at the temple. And that everybody's going to know. And He's going to come in riding a white horse. Who is this? This disgusting Jesus who who eats with tax collectors and sinners. What do you think God is trying to communicate in this setting of bringing His Son from heaven down to earth in a barn? Along with this giving of this message to the shepherds first. The shepherds hear this first. The ones who are dirty and smelling and the ones who are on the fringe of society and unclean and by all the Levitical laws and saying, no, you don't have a part in this. And yet they get the first peek at the Messiah. What does it say that God operates this way? I think it says this, I am with you. He's saying to us today, I'm with you. I am with you. No matter where you are or what dark places you're in, I am with you and I want to be with you. And I'm not deterred by the filth and the grime and the brokenness and all the other things that the world will say nothing can be fixed anymore. God says, I am with you. And we see this in a baby in a manger. I think we gain even more insight by looking at the content of this good news that was delivered. And So let's look at this in Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 1. Oh, actually, we're going to start verse 8. And there's these shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appears to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, and now let's, let's look at this proclamation. Let's kind of walk through it together, and we're going to see what this is really about. What God's really trying to communicate through a baby being born in a manger. The first thing that the angel says is what? Don't be afraid. More than ever is that a message that we need to receive. Don't fear. In this world that is just chaotic and we're not quite sure what's going to happen. We're not quite sure if we're going to get enough rain this year. We're not quite sure if we're going to be safe enough as a nation. Don't be afraid. For certainly if God could send a baby in a manger, and, and how reckless and foolish that that would seem, certainly He can handle anything else. Certainly He is with us. Don't fear. And basically you hear this echo of Jesus. Come to me. Don't be afraid. Just come to me. Cast all your burdens on me. Just come to me. Don't be afraid. For I am with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. And then the angel continues. It says, "I bring you good news." That word good news is gospel. Uwangelian. I bring you good news. I bring you the gospel. And it's in the form of a baby. And this baby is going to teach you how to love God. This baby is going to save you from your sins so that you can be reconciled to God. This is good news. The angels proclaiming the gospel. And he says, it's not just ordinary news. It's not just something that, oh, yay, you know, I got a uh, helicopter for Christmas. I'm pretty happy about that. I was like, yeah, that's cool. This is exceedingly great news. Great joy. And so he says, I bring you good news of great joy. Exceedingly great joy. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. It's great joy. And then he goes on. What else does he say here? It's for all the people. It's for all the people. Christmas is tough sometimes, isn't it? It's just, you know, it's up late, up early, stockings, scary Santa Claus. I mean, it's just, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things to deal with. But this is for all the people notice that. You got your bible's to underline it 's for all people. I love that I love that there 's so much packed in this message here. Can you imagine this angel being t- told by the father okay you 're the one you 're the one that gets to proclaim this message to the shepherds, and the father is like here 's what I want you to say I mean they 're going to be trembling so so make sure this counts right? make sure that you You really make an impact. and you got just a few sentences. What are you going to say? And this angel proclaims this so beautifully. And there's so much packed into this. And it's for all the people. And then he says, today. He doesn't say, you know, sometime in the future, guys, you're going to recognize that there's going to be um, a rabbi that walks around. And um, it's a little different than the other ones. And so when you see that, then know that that's a messiah. And you should probably follow him. No. He says today. Today you will find a Savior in Bethlehem. Isn't that great that it's today? It's always immediate with God. When you meet him, he wants to meet you right now. And he, he's asking, I, want to, I don't want to delay our relationship that might begin. I don't want to delay our relationship that might deepen. Today, don't wait in your relationship with Jesus. Because he will wait for you. But he wants to be with you now. Because he's going to give you all the things that you need for life today. So there's an immediacy there that I just I think is really important. And the shepherds might have thought, wow. Today we get to experience it. We don't have to wait today. In the town of David, what a Savior has been born to you. Born to you. This is is like the the capstone here of Jesus that he was born for humanity. He's born to do the will of the Father, but he's born for humanity. He comes as a suffering servant. He comes much different than the people thought he was going to come as this victorious king. He's the Messiah, and he comes to the people as a servant to serve and not be served and give his life as a ransom for many. He's born to you. Now, will you receive what God has given in the personal work of Jesus? It's for you. Now, what if I gave a gift to Ray? And I said, Ray, this is a gift for you. And he takes it. See, he's ready to take it. Yeah born to you. And what if I would say, you know what? I, I'm just going to not open this for a while. I'm not sure if it is for me. Uh, I think it might be for somebody else because the wrapping is just so beautiful and shake it and it's, it's kind of light and I'm used to getting you know heavy things. and uh, So I don't know if it is for me. But he'll never know, right? Because he, he's not opening it. But I gave it to him. You have to know that God has given you Plural, all of you, as individuals and collectively of the church, the gift of Jesus. He's not too busy for you, or there's you know not a problem that there's not enough to go around. Kind of like sometimes as a dad, you feel like you just you know don't have quite enough time to go around with all the kids. That, he's not like that. There is enough of him to go around, and so he's given it to you. He's born to you. So open the gift. Receive Him. And then it goes on. Who is He? He is Messiah. He is Christ. He's the one that was anticipated by all the prophets proclaiming there's going to be one that comes. Even back in the garden, God said to Adam and Eve, there's going to be one that comes that is going to crush the head of the serpent. And his heel is going to be bruised, but he's going to crush the head of the serpent. Plan on it. This was the first good news to Adam and Eve after they fell. And he is the one. The angels proclaiming, he's the one. He's the one that everybody has talked about for hundreds and hundreds of years. He is Messiah. He is the one. He's the Christ. And he's Lord. It's not like he's the Messiah, but... Uh, He doesn't quite have the power and the oomph to to actually do what he's going to do. He is Lord. He is King of kings and Lord of Lords, even though it doesn't look like much in a manger. He is Lord. When you see him all swaddled in in cloths in a manger, don't be deceived. Don't think, oh, that just isn't, that can't be him. He, He doesn't have he's crying. He's wetting his diaper. That can't be him. No, he is the Lord. Don't be deceived by what you see. See with your heart and faith, see Jesus, that he is the Lord. And then, the urgency. We see this urgency today, he's for you, and this wonderful sign, go today, and you're going to see a sign. And isn't it interesting, this sign? Surely there was a star, but there could have been other things too that were more flashy, but here's the sign that the angel said, you're going to find a baby, and you're going to find him in this hard coast. It's called a coast. It's a, it's a manger or a cup. And this isn't shaped like that. This is all I could find. That was hard. So, but, you know, it was, it was seriously just a really hard thing. And the mangers would have related to this, or the shepherds would have related to this. They would have said, oh, yeah, but why would you put a baby in that? And so this was unusual, this is very unusual, and this is how you, you, you they would know that this is, this is very unusual. And so this is how I'm going to know that if I find a baby in a coast, in a manger, oh, that's got to be him. This wasn't some everyday occurrence in Bethlehem. Like, yeah, you go to Bethlehem, and your baby's going to sleep in a manger. You know, that's not right. It was unusual, and so that's how they knew. And then the swaddling clothes. Those are just rags, Right? You'd tie babies and so that their legs would grow straight. You'd swaddle them. And so these are done with with rags. And and so this is the sign that the angels give to the, the shepherds. Say, go find a baby that's wrapped in swaddling clothes and in a feeding trough. It'd be as weird as me saying to you, uh, go to... to uh <laughs> trying to think of something weird. Uh, go to, to Walmart... And, you know, find, you can find everything at Walmart. This isn't working. So, but anyway, <laughs> just think of something unusual that you had to go and find this really weird thing in a place that, you know, why would a baby be in a manger? But God gives us signs like that sometimes so that we know. There's these milestones along the way. I'm like, You know what I'm talking about here? Sometimes it's fuzzy, isn't it, as we walk this, this life of faith? But sometimes you just know. You know that the presence of the Lord was there. Whether it's an event or whether it's a conversation that you had with the Lord. And it's like, whoa! And there's these, become these beacons or these markers along the way that you can look back in those times when it's fuzzy and you could say, oh, that was a sign. It might have been common to other people, but that was a sign. I know the Lord spoke to me there. Or I know that I'm in the right direction. This is what He's doing with the shepherds. These are uneducated shepherds and they're just like, Okay, I think we can you know, figure this out. Um, this is very unusual. And they go right away. And it's an interesting sign too. These swaddling clothes, what do they remind you of as you fast forward into Jesus' life? The burial clothes, right? This is a connection here. It's called a canonical echo. A canonical echo, and, and Luke is using it right here to say these, he's wrapped in swaddling clothes now. He's going to be wrapped and strips later when he dies. It's speaking to his purpose. He came to the world to show us how to live, how to love, how to do the will of the Father, but he came to the world ultimately to die for you and I. And at the manger, his purpose is marked with those swaddling clothes representing his burial cloth. This is certainly a message given in a way that we can relate to God coming to earth. God coming from heaven down to earth to be in a barn to relate to you and I. And this amazement of heaven that we see through the angels is mirrored on earth. And the people that go to him, the shepherds and others go, and they found it just as it had been told. How many people throughout the Gospels, as you read, found Jesus just as they expected Him to be? Not very many. Not very many. Because it's a gift of faith to see Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. And some of you are expecting a different Jesus than than the one that God is revealing to you. He wants to break your heart, not to hurt you. He wants to break your heart so you can receive Him and see Him the way that He wants to be seen. That you can love Him the way that He wants to be loved. Because that's best for you. And you will find your fullness of life in that type of surrender. To know Him and His ways. And be amazed rather than disappointed. How many of you, you don't need to raise your hands, have been disappointed with the church from time to time? Not just talking TCC, just in general... You know, you go to Sunday school and you do this and you do that, and you're like, I'm just kind of it feels empty. It feels as cold as the as the manger. And God wants to meet you so that you are amazed. And that happens through surrender, so that you are amazed rather than disappointed to see Him not just as divine and unreachable, some concept. No. God is a concept keeps us from engaging and surrendering on an intimate level. And it requires little of us. And it allows us to keep our control. But to see Jesus as a baby born into the fullness and mire of humanity tests our fortitude to trust God. That God not only saves humanity spiritually and conceptually and theologically, but also has entered into our mess to know us and to be known. That God came from heaven to earth and became little challenges our ideas and how we find significance. Perhaps it teaches us a way of faithfulness contrary to the world, not seeking to be great, not striving for meaning, but embracing a loving God who left everything to be with us. And by receiving us, him, by receiving him, we lose ourselves, but we find our life. We find our identity in the smallness of a manger, our God in the barn. So I leave you with this. Jesus had everything, and He gave everything. And in Him, we have everything. And He's asking each one of us, do you know Me? And do you trust Me in order to give everything back in My name? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for sending your son and the way you did it to be with us. That, that you yourself, your very presence, your very essence could be with us, but in the mire and the grime and the filth and the brokenness of humanity. And that stuff didn't enshroud you, you actually brought life and light and wholeness and peace into the darkness and brokenness of this world. And you did it by just sending a baby. And Lord, we, we don't understand with that sometimes. We don't relate to that sometimes because it just seems so small. And I know the Muslims don't relate to this at all, Father. And we pray that you break their hearts too because they just see a God who's great and powerful and strong and, and they have trouble with the baby in the manger may we not have trouble with a baby in a manger because we will surrender in ways that love requires each, each one of us. We will surrender in ways that will look foolish to other people just as a baby in a manger. But help us in that surrender to remember that You are sovereign over all things, that You are King of kings and Lord of lords even when it doesn't look like it, that You came from heaven down to earth to be one of, to, to be one of us and be among us. Because You love us so much. And love will change the world, not power. We thank You for that reminder from a baby in a manger that You were in a barn for us. We pray this in Your name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to know more about the ministries and mission of Tulare Community Church, visit us at tccalive.org.